Hello, welcome to the Master of Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Henry. I'm your other co-host, Matthew. And today's a very exciting episode because we're talking about the Batman. The new, <laughs> the new, The new DC film by Matt Reeves and Robert Patterson. And it's very exciting because I feel like this is, the, this is kind of the the big one in terms of comic book movies, comic book movies um, for DC at least. And it's just, yeah, it's very exciting to talk about. And I have a feeling maybe a bit of different opinions maybe i'm not sure um, we'll see yeah. we'll see we'll see um but yeah before that though i just want to let you once again know about our instagram account at marvelous cinema podcast uh over there we do reviews during the week and sometimes we do some top five posts mm-hmm. they're always very fun and um yeah and we also have a twitter account at cinema marvelous with the same thing over there uh feel free to retweet that uh, retweet or follow or share us or like our post or whatever to interact with us very much appreciated it's very much helpful and nice so yeah mm-hmm. um yeah i don't i don't really know how to start with the batman because it's a three-hour film there's <laughs> a lot going on so i guess uh, i'll just ask um uh, what's your general non-spoilery um consensus before i do that i'm just gonna because apparently i'm now a fiend for box office figures <laughs> right. <laughs> it's currently doing very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, nearly 250 million opening weekend worldwide. It's pretty good. Pretty, pretty good. good. Pretty good. Yeah. Uh, which um, was weird because it's our, it's 15 here, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. There were those signs when we got into the cinema saying, "Remember your ID." Mine had the same. Yeah, mine had yeah. the same. <laughs> um, but yeah. So general general thoughts. So I don't know if you've seen like I guess I, I I don't very often put anything on Letterbox. I'll be honest. Uh-huh. I should probably put more on there. But I did put uh, this. This is my start of my attempt to get better at it. I did put a score on for this Batman film, mm-hmm. uh, and the score I gave it was three and a half stars. Okay. <laughs> um, I loved parts of it. Right. But I think the general consensus that i'd probably give is that it feels too long (laughs) yeah and it's not i've seen people complain that it's a dark film Mm -hmm. and i wouldn't necessarily see that as particularly a complaint i would say that it just goes a bit into dirgy territory (laughs) right I'm not someone that dislikes dark things. I can reel off a list of things <laughs> to suggest otherwise, but I did think it just went a bit too far. Mm-hmm. But there are elements that, that I, I, I did really love. Um, the way it looked, sort of scene by scene, was terrific. Yeah. <laughs> uh, every every frame felt intentional. Uh-huh. Felt like it was meant to be there. And it felt like it was clearly sort of crafted by people who really loved this character and loved what they were doing with it. Yeah. Performances generally across the board were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, what others? Um, oh, music! My God, that score <laughs> is so good. Oh. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's some score. <laughs> um, I felt the, the the sort of the writing and the structure was. A bit wonky, mm-hmm. um, and that would be that would be my my general my general consensus. I'd say I loved parts of it, but on the whole, um, probably not my uh, not my cup of tea. Mm-hmm. 
Um, <laughs> right. I will also say that um, if I'm ever met, if I'll put, I might occasionally make the comparison between this and the Joker. However, mm. I would like to say that I do think this film is significantly better than the Joker. <laughs> Just to I, clarify that, because I agree, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, as well, even if it's not entirely something that I loved, I would say that I'm very pleased that this film exists, and I'm very pleased that people are loving it as much as they are. Yeah, yeah. Totally. What do you think? Um, I, yeah, I think for the most part, I love this film quite a lot. Um, I mean, if I think on my letterbox, I think I might have given it a four and a half. I think that's where I'm, I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have these little kind of these oh, these kind of gripes with it, I guess. Um, but for me, they're not really um, too much to worry about because mm-hmm. for the most part, I just really love this movie, and I think. I think the like opening twenty minutes, um, I think that in particular was just so. It was weird because it was, it's this weird thing about adaptation of a character you already know, whereas mm-hmm. everything you've wanted to see, and I think, uh, I think that can all sometimes run the run the risk of just feeling a bit like they're just giving you what they want and it's not really a director's kind of idea of Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this film, I think one of the highest praise I have for it is that it feels like it's doing everything it can to be the most, you know, accurate Batman, whatever it may be, like that sort of mm-hmm. comic book Batman. But it doesn't feel like just a a bland kind of, ah, it's, you know, it's Batman from the comics. It does, it mm-hmm. feels like Matt Reeves' Batman and Matt yeah. Reeves' Gotham. Um, and, yeah, there's so much in this film that I just absolutely loved. And... It's so hard, like, because obviously, you know, we, everyone, me included, I love the Dark Knight trilogy, and it's mm-hmm. it's weird because you're watching this film, and for me, I was loving the entire thing, and it's just that, that weird thing in the back of your mind, I'm like, yeah, but the Dark Knight exists, <laughs> and it's just like, and you can't help but compare, even though they're going for such different styles, and I just, I really love this take on the Batman, and I love that, like you were saying before, I think I will also probably compare this a lot to Joker, but I also want to highlight that I think this is far better than Joker. Yeah. But I, um, I, I love the idea that similar to Joker, this film, we don't really leave Bruce Wayne very much. He mm. is the focal point of literally every scene, pretty much. Um, and there's this big, you know, this big mystery, like three hour plot going on. And it's, you know, covered up with lies and, you know, murders and stuff like that. And it's, it can get very complicated and, and kind of get, like you said, I do kind of agree that I think the the script structure-wise is kind of a bit iffy <laughs> um, mm. sometimes. But I think, for me, just having Bruce Wayne in the middle of that story the entire time, I brought a person who just, I think, out of all the things I've came out of this film with, they're saying, like, I love it, but I've only just seen the film yesterday for the first time, and also mm. you can't be like, oh, it's the best Batman film or whatever. But I do think I'm pretty sure because I knew halfway through the film that I think for me, Robert Pattinson is my favorite Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, I just I loved everything he did with the character in this film, and yeah, he's my idea of Batman, which is just this big weirdo. <laughs> this you know this I like the idea. I think Matt Reeves said um, something like he imagined him as like this aging, shut-in rock star in a decay, decaying mansion, and I thought. Mm. That, that imagery and that sort of vibe really came across, honestly, the entire film. 
And yeah, I think yeah, I think for the most part, I yeah, just really love this film. I can't recommend it enough. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think should we move from that into spoiler territory? Yeah, now? spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah, yeah spoilers. <laughs> and yeah, um. What's the first kind of topic, I guess, <laughs> of this film? I don't know. There's a lot to get through in there. Um, yeah. Um, well, how did you feel about Robert Batson as Batman? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I think one of the big questions I think we posed when we did like the build-up, and we talked about this in the build-up, mm-hmm. was that at least for me, there was there was yet to be like a, an actor that had defin- definitively owned the role of Batman and Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. And the question was, would Robert Pattinson fill that gap? Would you say that he has? For me, honestly, I think he, yeah, yeah. for me, he has, yeah. My idea of Batman, yeah. For me, not quite. <laughs> right. Um, I think his Batman's phenomenal. Yeah. I love his Batman, everything about the, this this character. His performance when he's in that suit is phenomenal. It's absolutely perfect. I've seen people talk about how some people wanted like the the white eyes, mm-hmm. but I absolutely don't think that was necessary. I thought sort of being able to see Pattinson's eyes was one of the best parts of it. Yeah, his eyes are they really come through in that suit. It's weird. Yeah, yeah, they do, and definitely as you said, the jawline <laughs> perfect for Batman. <laughs> um, however, I think the film. I don't want to say drop the ball because it sounds harsh that way. But I think it leaves a little bit to be desired in terms of Bruce Wayne. Mm, yeah. Um, I think one of what this does better than a lot of films is that Bruce Wayne and, the, and Batman feel like the same character. I know that sounds stupid. Mm-hmm. But in this film, they do feel like the same character when previously maybe they haven't. Like this, uh, there's this idea of there being like a, a, a switched persona. Mm-hmm. Like, like yeah. Two people occupying the same body. Uh, and there's a really interesting line that uh, happens when he interrogates the Riddler in the yeah. cell. And the Riddler says that he wishes they'd fought with the, with their masks on because that's their true selves. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like that's a great line, but it perhaps exposed for me the fact that I don't think we had enough of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Um... Um, I, I don't think it helped that Ah, oh, people are gonna murder me for this. <laughs> Maybe it's just the fact that there weren't that many scenes of just Bruce Wayne. But I feel like Pattinson, when he was Bruce Wayne, was a little bit flat. Kinda. I, I'm trying to like. It, I'm trying to weigh that against. Yeah, I'm trying to weigh that against the fact that that's probably intentional. Like he's he's meant to look uncomfortable without the suit on. Yeah, yeah. And I think that comes across. But I think it's just the fact that, like the funeral scene, for example. I think that's good, and I think having him interact in such an awkward way with people was good, but I just feel like there needed to be a bit more of that. Mm. And maybe I wouldn't necessarily be saying that if it wasn't for the fact that it being three hours long. Yeah. I yeah. think <laughs> it being that long kind of opens itself up to that kind of scrutiny. Mm-hmm. Because another character is that I I don't think there's enough Alfred. I, I agree with that, yeah. I think um, That scene time. in the hospital, uh-huh. I think that is sensational. It's great, yeah. That is one of the best Batman scenes ever. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Now that that arguably that tops some of the the scenes that Michael Caine had, I think. Mm-hmm. That where he, he says, 
he says he says something like, uh, "You needed a father, but all you had was me." Yeah, or something like that, uh, and that's very much Yondu vibes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and I thought Andy Circus was brilliant as well. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, I feel like they should maybe because because he has like maybe three or four scenes in total. As Bruce Wayne, oh, I mean Alfred. Alfred, yeah. yeah, and that hospital scene is his last one. He's not in the film again. Yeah, it's true. Um, and that perhaps speaks to me sort of what I'd say is my biggest criticism of this. I know this is going to sound very negative straight off the bat. Um, I promise you, after this, this this, this is probably my only big negative. <laughs> right. <laughs> is that there are a lot of characters in this film and there's a lot of screen time. And I just don't think a lot of them were used very well. Mm. I think Matt Reeves clearly knows these characters inside and out. Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's not up for debate how well he knows them. I think from the just from the film as general, it's clear that he has a comprehensive knowledge of exactly who these characters are and how they operate around Batman. Yeah. But I don't think he conveys that to the audience. <laughs> right. Yeah. As in, as in, I understand that he he he, he understands the characters, mm-hmm. but one of the best examples, like one of them is Alfred, but the other other two examples are, uh, uh Gordon and the Penguin. Mm-hmm. And they're there. I love their roles. Jeffrey Wright is excellent. I love Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, he's great. I'm yet to see anything he disappointed me in, and this <laughs> is this is the same. It's excellent, and Colin Farrell is also great. Yeah. And seeing those characters interact with Batman, like seeing the, the the dynamic between Batman and Gordon was great. I loved that. Yeah, I love that they're like I love that they kind of take up the more screen time than two together. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. Really fun. Yeah, <laughs> I, I enjoyed all the scenes where they're together, mm-hmm. but it occurred to me afterwards that I know absolutely nothing about this character. Yeah, that's true. I don't know why he's doing anything. I don't know what motive. Well, obviously. Motivations are fairly apparent in that he's, he's a police officer and wants to find the corruption in the police department. Mm. And he wants to stop the murders. But I don't know that much about him. And I didn't get that much of a sense of his character. And I think the same goes for Penguin in that, for me, that could be any character in terms of that role. Mm-hmm. There's not that much revealed about him or his motivations. He just seems to occupy a slot. Yeah. Uh, I know that's an awful, awfully cynical way of looking at it. Uh-huh. Um, I, but I, 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 and again, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that if this film was forty minutes shorter. <laughs> yeah, it's just that what I'm struggling to process is that the film is so long, yet there's only really Batman and Catwoman that have a fully fledged development. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, I think for me, when I was watching the film, I kind of, I do, I lit, I do understand like what you mean because yeah. I had like a similar feeling. And I think what kind of endeared me to that, though, because I think with this being a, the genre of this movie, before being a superhero movie, being kind of a detective mystery sort of thriller, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the idea that as the mystery developed, characters that we thought were important to the plot actually weren't that important to the plot, and therefore mm-hmm. they kind of got dropped. Yeah. Which sounds, I, I know what you mean, I, it sounds like criticism, criticism, but I just really enjoy the idea of a Gotham City because I think we've been kind of, there's been um, Batman films before, and 
every time a vil- new villain appears, they get an entire movie to be the villain. Mm-hmm. And there's not really a villain in the background or a wider world behind them, really. There's just sort of criminals and then the penguin or, you know, criminals and then the Riddler. Um, and I think I really enjoyed this film for being a film which, yes, the main villain is Riddler, but we also have Catwoman in the background and we also have a penguin in the background and we have all these different things going on. And they're kind of, they're not necessarily, you know, the big bad villain that we're going to really delve into for this film, but they're there doing things and they're there doing penguins being the penguin (laughs) and Colin Farrell is having the time of his life. And I really enjoyed that idea that this film, because I feel like um, as much as this film is, it's weird, it's very weird to describe actually, because I think this film is the most, for me, the most Batman film made in a sense that I just feel like Gotham is actually a real place and mm, yeah and like these villains and these characters actually exist and they will become the penguin as the penguin if that makes sense and all that in a way that you know I haven't I don't think in live action we've really quite gotten yet aside from the Arkham games for example mm-hmm. um but at the same time it is still very early days and it's it is year two Batman and that's you know I think, you know, looking at Dark Knight Trilogy, the year two would, would be probably a fully-fledged Dark Knight Batman. But in this case, it's, it's very much, you know, he's working out what he is. And I would say to anyone going to this film who hasn't seen it yet or whatever, that I wouldn't expect um, a fully-formed Batman, even by mm. the end of the film, really. I would say that this film is... He may be wearing the full, you know, expensive suit and in a bat suit and you know, doing crime fighting from the get-go. But I would say this film is like a three-hour extended version of that one scene in Battle Begins where he's wearing a hockey mask (laughs) and he's jumping without a cape. Like, it's that sort of... I would say this is that sort of Batman. Um, And, yeah, I do do know what you mean by the the characters that kind of come in and out of the story and they're not really getting that much development. Mm -hmm. But I kind of just... I don't know, I kind of just loved it for that, for just having, they exist, you know who they are, they're being, you know, played by these amazing actors, and we're giving them moments here, like, to shine and mm-hmm. give plot information, but, you know, it's all about Batman and Bruce and Catwoman, primarily, at least, and I really enjoyed that, and I think it's like, just to kind of talk about the Bruce Wayne element, because I do agree with you in a sense that there isn't at all that much Bruce Wayne public Bruce Wayne in this film and I I agree that that less little little to be desired but I I'm not sure why I don't I, my like read an interview or something like that but I was I was kind of expecting that going in mm. I, I just had a feeling that this film wasn't really going to be a Bruce Wayne um you know a fully formed Bruce Wayne is this and Bruce Wayne is that in public and then there's Batman like I knew that this wasn't going to be quite that yet um and in terms of his Bruce Wayne performance in public, I I I know we didn't get very much of it, but I really loved it. I think in particular the funeral scene. Mm-hmm. I loved watching him just he just looks so out of place. Like mm-hmm. he just even in the in the back cave when you see him and he's in the, the white shirt and the tie and it's like it's just and his his hair is slightly neater. And he's like, that's it looks wrong. <laughs> it does <laughs> like, look awkward. Yeah, it just looks odd. And he just played it, per- in my opinion, he played it perfectly. And I think him, 
I loved as well um, that the new kind of um, the new mayor is getting elected. Is kind of trying to talk to him about like how he's going to help the city, and he's kind of like <laughs> he's like a child being taken away because <laughs> he's walking. He's like making these really weird like faces, like almost like Edward Cullen faces. <laughs> he's like being dragged away, and he's uh, getting talked at about all this mayoral things that he's not really responding to it, and then he just. He just looks like he's just wants to be anywhere else, mm-hmm. and I think after the film, after I saw the film, I was just kind of you know getting every like spoiler interview I could read, read or watch. Um, I loved how, and I think it was the very first scene they actually shot in the film, where it's Batman entering the first crime scene, mm-hmm. and everyone's staring at him, and you know has that kind of. Look at looking at it, looking at it like he's some sort of freak, and he feels very much like a freak. Um, apparently, they had this idea where uh, to kind of combat the idea of him working with the police and how Batman's not really meant to be seen in you know like the light um, amongst you know police officers. The idea that he would feel so so uncomfortable and so kind of embarrassed that he's wearing this huge bat suit <laughs> in a crime scene. That to just kind of get past it, he would just completely zero in on being a, a detective and just ignore everything going on around him and barely speak and just be a ghost moving in and out of the crime scene. And I think that sort of same ethos kind of goes for Bruce Wayne in public, where he's so embarrassed by being Bruce Wayne <laughs> that he's kind of a ghost. <laughs> um, and I think that for me really worked out quite well. Um, and I think, were you surprised at all that this film? Um, uh, for the majority of this film, he's in the bat suit the entire time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it did. It did kind of surprise me. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> mm. I, I think yeah, it speaks to the fact that he just is an excellent Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The way the way he moves himself in that suit is, like you said, it, he, in that opening scene, he feels quite uncomfortable, but at the same time, it just feels like he's in the zone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he doesn't. He looks sort of awkward and stands out, but he doesn't seem embarrassed or anything like that. He just he's just there and he's focused and he's doing his thing. And he's just so so dedicated to that to being that sort of force of nature kind of figure for Gotham. Yeah. And one thing that I do love is the aspect of like that in that first introduction, like the first time we see him mm-hmm. like on the on the train platform. Yeah. Or subway transport platform. Or that just that scene of all the various criminals looking at the shadows and being a bit just being terrified of the shadows. That was insanely good. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah. Um and just that the idea of just he is vengeance and he is going to t- take down the criminals and take on the criminals no matter what. Nothing's gonna stop him. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of uncontrollable in that sense. Mm-hmm. And then to have it at the end where to be sort of revealed that basically the villain is just inspired by him. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, again, brilliant. That fits so well with the idea with sort of the the dissection of the Wayne legacy. Mm-hmm. Um, and one one slight niggle I have about it is sort of at the end where he sort of takes on this idea of hope. Mm-hmm. For me, it feels like the film slightly held back with it. Yeah? In what, what I, way? 
thought the visuals that it used they weren't as probably as I didn't get that true sp- uh, spine tingling sensation if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Moment of he's decided to become more hopeful kind of thing. Yeah. I feel like it didn't quite make it for me, but it doesn't really matter because I do love that theme of he's he's realised that he probably shouldn't be so violent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I love the comparison of um, in his very first scene, he enters from the shadows and he says, I'm vengeance. And mm-hmm. then um, the victim of the crime that could have happened literally says to him, don't hurt me. Yeah. He doesn't say thank you or anything like that. He wants yeah. to run away from him. And then to compare that to the very last scene where he's he's um, he's picking up that kid and putting him onto like the stretcher. And the kid won't let go of him because they're afraid to let go of him. And I thought that comparison of the victims being so afraid of him and then the victims would be so kind of attached to him and just because they think that, you know, he will save them. I love that comparison from like his first scene to his last scene. Really. Mm-hmm. And I yeah, I think for me what really held this film together and I do agree that the the plot's got kind of this weird kind of structure thing going on and it's a bit too stretched out for being a three hour mystery film and but I love that it was held together for me at least by every character in some way kind of um really puts Bruce Wayne and his idea of what Batman is into an uncomfortable uncomfortable new kind of realm. Mm-hmm. Um I think especially of Catwoman where the morality of her actions is kind of and not only the morality of her actions, the reason for them financially I thought was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Um because he even says that, you know, to if to say that, you would have to be rich. And it's like one of those things where she didn't have to know that he's Bruce Wayne to say that. It kind of, you can tell that it hurts him because he, it's so true, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and I yeah. love the comparison as well of the I, yeah, the, the way the Riddler compares to Batman. And I loved his, um, his really kind of, in a way, not really because he is, you know, a terrible person, <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> it's kind of, somewhat empathetic kind of moment of you know talk about being an orphan and then comparing his experience to Bruce Wayne's experience who was on TV about mm. his parents murder and you know him he might be an orphan sure but you know he's in a mansion with a butler <laughs> and can become Batman if he wants to do that <laughs> um I really love that comparison and yeah I yeah I think for this but I think for this film I love how this it just felt very early on, but not too early on. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like if you, if you went one year uh, prior, it would have been Batman Begins again. It would have been, unfortunately, seeing the Wayans get murdered again, <laughs> which I would have... <laughs> Please no. Yeah. There were a few moments in the film where I thought, are they going to do it? Because they don't have to. It's fine. <laughs> um, and, you know, I think... I also quite enjoy that with this interpretation because we've seen so many interpretations before um we're not quite sure as to how he became the batman mm-hmm. and i quite enjoy this one line where because i do think that this batman is very good at hand-to-hand combat and all that and i think he's you know he very well could have been trained by ninjas in the you know in a you know in a faraway country but there's this one line by alfred was like i taught you how to fight and i'm like is this batman just taught by alfred because yeah. that would be quite interesting. <laughs> yeah, it, I'd, I'd love that. Yeah, because it, it really leans towards the idea this Batman, before anything else, is a detective. Um, mm. His, you know, his stealth and his combat are 
uh, a thing to fall back on, or at least um, his emotions just getting the better of him in terms of the opening, at least, where he just almost kills everyone. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I guess, how did you feel about the big bad in this one, which was the Riddler, and his performance and uh, kind of character rock, I guess? It's really unsettling, but in yeah. a good way. <laughs> yeah. In a good way, unsettling. I agree. <laughs> um, I think it's a definite strength of the film. Mm-hmm. I... Uh, Maybe I kind of wanted a bit more than he was an orphan. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I, I don't feel like we get. I think partly it was just weird that in the past we've had, we've had so many of these, Batman films where we see like the characters, uh, or even the villains' origin. Obviously, we know the Batman origin. Mm-hmm. I swear to God, if I have to see another set of pearls break, <laughs> I'm head putting a wall. But. <laughs> We've also been very familiar with like the origins of villains. Mm-hmm. And I think it was weird. I'm not saying it was necessarily bad or good, but I think it was weird not seeing that for this villain. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like in the past we've had it, we've had it with maybe the Joker and the Dark Knight trilogy where we haven't seen the origin, but I think that's that works because it's the Joker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, even with sort of many of the other characters in those films, even sort of Bane, we see like a bit of an origin for Bane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And seeing that for not seeing that for the Riddler was kind of felt kind of fresh, and I think it gave it gave the Riddler that sort of quality we most often associate with the Joker, that mystery. Mm. Yeah, and I suppose it was similar to to the way it's handled with with Batman in that we see them as the Riddler more than we see them as Edward Nash, I think the character's name is. Mm-hmm. Like we yeah. see the Riddler more than. Uh, Nashton, like we see the Batman more than we see Bruce Wayne. I think that really builds well into sort of the idea of masks and the masks allowing them to be who they want to be and that link between them. Mm. Um, and also just the irony, obviously, that the Riddler isn't aware of, that he's obviously motivated to do this or partly motivated to do this because of his bitterness towards Bruce Wayne, yet also his admiration for Batman. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that's one of the finer details which much like when like you said when Catwoman criticizes bruce wayne it's it's kind of like a yeah it's well handled bit of irony it's just <laughs> i suppose a bit of dark humor i suppose you could put it down to yeah kind of. um but yeah um I, I was gonna say something else but i've completely forgotten what it was it's just left my brain <laughs> what was oh. it well, how did you feel about? Oh, oh sorry, yes, sorry, yes. Uh, that was it. That was it. I don't know how to feel about sort of the fake, the fake out that he knows the identity. Oh yeah, I, I had mixed feelings on that moment because I, I loved it when it was he knew who he was. Mm-hmm. And again, that sort of going back to the previous kind of funeral scene and all that, where he looks so uncomfortable mm-hmm. and so kind of embarrassed to be Bruce Wayne. And I really liked how Robert Pattinson played that, where he looked, he looks at the camera. And then he looks at uh, the Riddler and he's just mm. in the corner, not sitting down. He just can't come any closer because he just doesn't want to risk being that embarrassed about what he's doing. Um, and then to have the twist be kind of that it's just the Riddler in the way he speaks and he's just trying to say that that's the one that got away. Yeah. I I half loved it and half was like, but I kind of wish he did know who he was because it makes it a bit more personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, yeah, I, I wasn't sure how I thought about that. Um, yeah, 
did you kind of feel betrayed by it in some way? I thought it was just a very unusual thing to do. Kind of, yeah. Um, like I get the idea that this is a highly intelligent man, and it would be an interesting twist if they did reveal that he knew the identity. But at the same time, like when it was sort of hinted out that he knew the identity, even then there was kind of like a a fifty fifty feeling in me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it was kind of like, oh, that's an interesting way to take it, <laughs> as well as thinking it's a bit soon. Mm-hmm. And we've seen so many films where we saw it a lot with Spider-Man, where literally everybody knows identity <laughs> straight away, <laughs> everywhere. <laughs> and that that obviously creates a problem, but where you ha- when you create a character that doesn't kill, mm-hmm. it then creates a major problem when so many villains figure out who he is. And <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. sometimes they handle it well, um, sometimes not so much. But yeah. So it was sort of 50-50 in my mind. So when they kind of revealed that he didn't know, mm-hmm. I think it kind of worked because there was almost that relief, like you felt the relief with him. Yeah, you, you felt this kind of like, <laughs> Rob Pattinson's performance, even in that entire suit, like the way he communicates so much, where he just goes from being so afraid to being like, okay, now I can finally do my job. Yeah. <laughs> was really cool. I really quite yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, it was. It, like, yeah, you felt that sort of relaxation in him. Um. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. It, it did. It did kind of work. And as well, it's sort of again further irony that this guy's just not smart as he thinks he is. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I think that's as, always kind of a staple of the uh, the, the Riddler. Sorry. That yeah. where I always love the idea that he's a character who is a genius, but once he gets kind of beaten, especially in the Arkham games, I guess it's kind of element of he's just very petty. <laughs> and not, have you ever seen the the Gotham TV show? I I tried. <laughs> I didn't get very far, I'll be honest. <laughs> I didn't finish. I got a few seasons in, but like he's very, it's a very hyper version of the Riddler. But he he does also have that aspect to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, and one sort of thing to do to do with the villains, I suppose we're going to get to it at some point. Mm-hmm. The reveal kind of thing <laughs> in yes. Asylum. Yeah, I. I think, I think, separate from the whole debate of, of should that character be the new villain of the next film, and all mm-hmm. of that, I do actually think that that scene works quite well. Like forget forgetting what it's what it sets up, I think the idea that the joke of the Riddler, sorry, is going mad because his plan failed, mm-hmm. and that he's not going to be be remembered, and he's not going to be. All, all the things that he hoped he would be, to then sort of have that moment of, hang on a minute, I'm not alone. Yeah. I think that worked very well. And I saw I saw an interview with Matt Reeves afterwards, and I think what he said made a lot of sense to me, in that um, they tried a version of the film where they cut that scene, mm-hmm. um, but it didn't work because the next, or it didn't work for the final scene, because in that last scene with Catwoman, mm-hmm. she says that, um, there, there are people now trying. They're going to try and fill the power vacuum, and things are going to get worse before they get better. Mm-hmm. I kind of agree that that scene wouldn't have the same impact if it wasn't for that reveal that there's a, a load more psychotic villains waiting in the wings. <laughs> yeah, I, I think for me it was just the 
yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, from what I, it was, I think it's the only scene in the film where I was watching it and I was genuinely kind of put off. <laughs> yeah. um, there's something about it, and I can't remember where I saw it after I saw the film. There was some, either a tweet or something like that, and it was just like something like, um, the film was like this, this A class, A, A plus, you know, it's exquisite, A, like, you know, five star meal at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then there's this one scene that's like a McDonald's takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't help but, like, understand what that meant, because it, it did feel to me like a CW DC show scene just kind of put into this film. And don't and the thing is it's very like again, like the entire film is it's very well lit. It looks amazing. It's framed great. It's just it, you can't help like for me at least I couldn't help but watch it and just think I feel like it's, this scene was forced in by Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. And I could be totally wrong. I probably am, but it just felt so kind of corporate that the rest of the film didn't feel that way. And I, I think whether that guy is the Joker or whatever it might be. They have said that it is. Right. I just think the thing I was kind of excited about when it came to this universe and mm-hmm. this Matt Reeves world is that it didn't have to do the villains we've seen done before straight away or even at all maybe um i would have loved i know we have seen mr freeze before but i mean an actual mr yeah. freeze <laughs> it yeah. would have been great and i think we might still be getting that and i think it's a great idea and to do mr freeze but even in matt reeve i think i did read something on what he was saying about that scene and how it wasn't a promise that we're going to do the joker next just the idea that there's more going on and i do like that idea but I can't help but feel like him, the idea that this villain in the in the cell is the Joker, which is obviously the big draw for a lot of audiences, it just felt to me a bit kind of stapled on. And I think, you know, looking back to Batman Begins in particular, it's annoying because I have a version of that scene that I feel like is much subtler and much better mm-hmm. um, with the Joker, the Joker card, and yeah. that's it. And I feel like this one just went too far because I feel like this film it's more comic booky than the Nolan trilogy and stuff like that but mm-hmm. I don't think it's comic booky enough to have two villains in a cell meet and then laugh for like two minutes straight <laughs> I don't think it's quite that yeah, <laughs> yeah I have yeah. mixed feelings on that one yeah yeah I think as well because when we first saw it I thought my initial reaction was like because you see my briefly I thought is that actually Two-Face <laughs> I thought that too yeah yeah. Because sort of the hair was very sort of that more ropey hair that you sometimes see on like grimmer versions of him. And like the skin seemed very, <laughs> I don't know, like it had been hit with acid or something. Yeah. But yeah, I, yeah, I think it feels kind of our place. As well, an interesting thing is apparently there was another scene with him. I have heard that this, yeah. Much earlier on, I don't know if you've seen the interview with Matt Reeves, basically it was a scene where Batman went to Arkham because they're trying to profile the Riddler and he went to talk to another um, inmate that he had history with mm-hmm. and that character was going to be Barry Keown. Right, okay. Um, but I think the way that Matt Ruse described it was that he's not the Joker yet. Like, it's mm-hmm. very much meant to be that you, you sort of know this, you know the character Joker and this character is going to become that character. 
right. but they're not there yet. Like here, that sort of transition to become the villain we know is sort of an ongoing process in response to Batman. Yeah, yeah, very much sort of like the Riddler was, but it, that he's not, he's not quite there yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and he also it's sort of, um, it was quite an in-depth talk for a character you don't even see. Yeah, <laughs> um, I thought that. But he was saying that like, this version of the Joker has like a a genetic defect that means they can't stop smiling. Okay, so we're going for the kind of the Joaquin Phoenix version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a very similar thing going on there. Um, I think it's slightly different in that it's like a, a, a I don't know. To just say that it's a genetic defect. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought that was very interesting that he's clearly thought about more than this film. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, and you, so you say it there, but personally, I would I would love to see them do the... Is it Heart of Ice? Yeah, um, it's called from the animated so. series of that kind of thing with Mr. Freeze where... Yeah, I yeah. think that could definitely work within this universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think... I, I yeah, it's a weird thing because this this film goes for such a grimy, like realistic universe sort of thing. But I feel like when it comes to the set the set design and some of the kind of characteristics and the tone of the film is is also quite different. I feel like it's this very fine line of I do think that you know a version, even if it might be a bit torn down, of like Killer Croc could exist. <laughs> it would be kind of weird, but it wouldn't be like it would just kind of be like, you know, a guy who's got a skin condition or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it, I can imagine that existing. Um, and I think if... I would love to see a version of Mr. Freeze done right in live action. <laughs> um, and I think as well, for Matt Reeves, from what I gather from him, the way he looks at these stories, I think he looks at everything as a challenge and looks at that as an opportunity to do something different because... I have to, you know, I think looking back on the Nolan trilogy, I think he kind of was afraid to do certain things. Mm-hmm. Um, what I think Matt Reese is more kind of daring in that sense. I think like he would do kind of these very weird comic booky things in this realistic universe and see how it goes. Um, so I think he, I think, you know, I think he loves this universe in a very different way than Nolan did. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I feel like, I, like what I was saying before about how I, I, I enjoyed that we had the Penguin and all the other characters appear, but not necessarily be huge characters. I feel like that was enough for me to get grasp onto the idea that, you know, the city was becoming uh, Gotham, like villains, rogue, big rogues gallery Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, I just didn't need uh, <laughs> just two prisoners laughing for six minutes, whatever it might have been. Um, it's getting longer. It really is. It's a half an hour of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's why it was three hours long. Yeah, yeah. That actors went too far to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, you know, I even even though we're kind of criticizing the scene a bit, I do like the idea this Joker will be um, kind of a more slightly more classic version. It sounds like he has a scarred face. Mm-hmm. And it's not just going to be a guy in makeup again. Because <laughs> yeah. um, I do kind of miss that. And I feel like we've, I feel like as much as I've enjoyed in some, in certain, even Jared Leto's, even Jared Leto's design, I've enjoyed in some ways every design of the Joker in live action. Um, I feel like we haven't 
gotten quite a like comic book just this is the joker like that sort of thing mm. um quite yet and i feel like this actor who's been cast i like him a lot and i feel like if he can you know pull it off in the future and hopefully in my opinion get a better scene to do stuff in <laughs> um i yeah i love the idea that he could really pull it off a very classic but very matt reeves again like joker character mm-hmm. and I feel like one of the big pluses of this Matt Reeves universe is that I could imagine a scene in which all the villains get together in, in one room and talk about how we're going to kill the bat. <laughs> like, I can imagine that in this universe, and I feel like that's very... It's just really cool to finally have that, I think. Yeah, um, I think that's the thing we've never really seen from a live-action Batman in that... Well, I suppose, unless you count... Like, the, I think this happened in the, the 1960s movie with Adam West... Mm-hmm. But we're yet to have Batman face down literally everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. there's been films where he's faced down several villains. Uh-huh. Like uh, Batman Begins, for example. There's there's Bane, there's Talia al Ghul, there's there's all sorts going on there. Batman Be- uh, Batman Returns even. No, wait, no. Yeah, Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. They all have multiple villains. There's Two Face and the Riddler. There's Mister Freeze and Poison Ivy and Bane. Um, but we're yet to have the Batman literally just be like everybody's in this room Mm -hmm. Yeah, every Batman villain there's there's the Joker, there's the Riddler there's Mr Freeze, there's Bane there's (laughs) Two-Face all sorts and I think that this is probably the best opportunity that Batman's ever had to have that fully fleshed out Rogue's Gallery Definitely. Almost yeah. sort of like Arkham Games territory. Yeah, where you just go that, to yeah. you just go to a corner of the island and there's just that's two faces island essentially. Yeah. That sort there's, of thing. There's there's yeah. Mr. Freezer's meat factory or whatever it is in the game. I <laughs> yeah. I think it's a meat factory. I think so, yeah. Uh yeah. I I think it might be a morgue actually. No, I don't know. Um <laughs> and an example sort of tonally, that's an example of a game that has literally everything. Yeah, yeah, it's both grimy and kind of realistic, but also it has, well, yeah, yeah, it has Killer Croc <laughs> as I, a big monster. Uh, yeah, like a proper Killer Croc. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, and so in, in a few ways that could be a good template. But yeah, I think sort of the the Rogue's Gallery uh, potential is is high with these. Definitely. But I think I do agree with you with that introducing the Joker in a scene like that especially when a scene pretty much exactly like that was at the end of Batman Begins. <laughs> yeah. And I get that people want to see the Joker because at the end of the day, he is sort of his, his arch nemesis. Yeah. yeah. He has a lot of great villains, but the Joker is, for most people, at the top of that list. So I understand the appeal. Yeah. But there's also a lot of opportunity to do villains that just as well fit with this universe and just as well have a place to a place to fit in i think villains they've also talked about are the court of owls which i think i'd like to do mm-hmm. but i don't know if that'd be too similar to what we've just had yeah i was gonna say i feel like if there was ever going to be a film to do the court of owls it would be in this one <laughs> yeah um, um, and another one would be hush i think hush yeah. is yeah which, i kind of work well yeah but i think, I think hush would be more of a a side villain. Yeah, I couldn't imagine him taking up the entire thing. Mm. Um, uh, I, there was quite a few ref- 
references here as well to Hush. Um, Both Yeah, the, I think at one point um, there's a there's one of those screenshots of uh, the Riddler's trial, and it's all the the Waynes as they're you know pretending to be really you know popular and all that sort of thing, and it's the Riddler. He's like wrote over it the word Hush, for example. Oh um, yes, 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 I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and like there's these different elements where they were. I think because the the Hush character is um he is kind of forgotten part of Bruce Wayne's childhood because he was uh, the son of a wealthy family. He was friends with the Waynes. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, I can't quite remember, but I think they kind of, their image got tarnished in a way that the Waynes didn't. And Hush coming back to kind of have revenge against Batman or Bruce Wayne is um, his sort of jealousy over Bruce Wayne having the life that he should have had, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Which again is quite similar to what said. Yeah, kind of a similar kind of idea, at least, uh, with the Riddler here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of, I don't, I, I don't know why I'm going back to this, but I just realised that I really enjoyed not only the parallels in terms of um, uh, the, you know, being an orphan and this kind of idea of being betrayed and this weird past. I also enjoy the parallels of the way that they're visually kind of conveyed. And the very first scene in the film is with the Riddler's point of view. And then later on, we get a point of view of Batman, and, and you, just, you couldn't. We don't really know it's Batman until after the we cut to Batman's face. Ah, <clears throat> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it could have been the Riddler. I mean, it's this kind of this very kind of this um, echo in that idea that he's inspired these villains in some way. Mm-hmm. And similar to um, the way Batman's introducing the shadows, kind of coming out of nowhere, the way that the Riddler is introduced with just. Mm. The most creepy, just he's just there all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, I love the way that that scene played out, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think this, I think this scene, the the whole film, which is what I was hoping for for the most, no matter how much this film might have, you know, not fulfilled other things, it, even though it has for me. Um, the one thing I wanted it to fill was being a detective, kind of horror thriller sort of thing, and it's def, it definitely did that for me at least. Um, mm-hmm the entire way through um i guess well if it is a uh, detective film more, more than anything else how did you feel about the actual action in the film i thought it was good <laughs> I thought, yeah i thought i thought it was very good um like i said the opening fight with the on the platform was excellent mm. um and i i enjoyed most of the other action sequences one thing that I, i've seen a lot of people praise and that's the car chase mm-hmm. yeah Personally, here we go. Every 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 great great sentence starts with personally. But I think it was kind of affected by the trailer in that I know how that ends. Yeah, I yeah, I know. What you so mean. I was kind of just sat there the whole time waiting for that moment of the car coming through the flames because, because in the trailer that's just so badass, <laughs> and it is it is such a cool moment. Yeah, see the car come through the flames and then Batman emerge and. And sort of closing on the car, but I think it was a case of the fact that it was slightly undermined by the trailer. Yeah, it, it's but one it's, of those it is a very intense, intense sequence, much like many of the other action sequences. So you do have to give them credit; it's very well shot. Yeah, it's. I love as well. I feel the, the whole film has this idea going through it where the camera is never doing anything like impossible. Mm. Um, I think with. Um, Zack Snyder films, as much as I do enjoy them, I feel like um, he does tend to, with his action scenes, to kind of 
detach the camera from reality and kind of have the CGI camera spin around and do all these crazy things mm-hmm. um, and go into slow motion and do all that. And I feel like this film is majorly uh, helped out by a Batmobile chase in which the car for the most part and the rain and all that is very much real, but also the camera for the most part is just kind of mounted on top of the car. Mm-hmm. And we're just kind of, even, you know, the car, we're just following where the cars are going from where the cars are. And when the car is shaking, the camera is also shaking. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Yeah, that um, is, yeah. And I think that kind of goes throughout the entire film, even the moments where, because there are a few kind of surprising moments of CGI in this film where it's like, oh, that's a bit, a bit rough. Um, in particular, I think I think the only really moment I'm talking about here is um, the bat, um, what do you call it, the the, the wing when he tries to yeah. fly when he escapes <laughs> yeah. the police station yeah i i got what i was going for but i feel like that the effect just didn't look quite uh great um similar to i guess the car mount camera sort of idea they kind of try to mount the camera as kind of a gopro sort of thing um but i just think the compositing of batman i guess the background just didn't look very good and then i must say i did enjoy the the tumble down the street i did think the the actual kind of uh, him hitting the bus on his last train thing didn't look mm-hmm. very good. Um, yeah. And I think that's just a kind of a pet peeve I've got with films recently is a, a CGI uh, practical, a C, sorry, a CGI, um, uh, I don't want to call it, a CGI, you know, fall, I guess. Mm-hmm. I just yeah. feel like if I'm not watching an actor really fall down, it's not that funny. <laughs> it's just kind of weird. Um and yeah, I, there's only, I think that's honestly the only like visual criticism I've got with this film is that one kind of CGI moment. Um, and I think, otherwise, I think like this action was really interesting to watch because I felt like it was, it was doing that Nolan thing of in the Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises at least, where he's kind of destroying the action in one shot, mm-hmm. um, in one wide shot. But I feel like this film kind of it hit that mark a bit better than Nolan had in the past. Um, yeah, because I feel like the camera has these big wide shots, but also the camera moves just at the right time to kind of block out maybe some awkward choreography that mm-hmm. Nolan wasn't very good at, unfortunately. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and I feel like this scene, that this movie as well, isn't af- <clears throat> afraid to use CGI in a kind of more um, finishing touch kind of way, um, where I feel like uh, there's some action scenes in this film where it could have looked not that great, but just the, the finishing CGI touches made it look much better, I think. Um, and yeah, I just love the way as well that he uses his, uh, his uh, grapple gun in this film. Yes, which is, yes, he does. Yeah, the coming out of the hand. And and also as well, like he's got all his gadgets, but this Batman's more of a, uh, a guy that will take away your bat and then use that bat against you. <laughs> I love that idea <laughs> a lot. Yeah, I he used like a gun as a bat at one point, didn't he? As well, he does. Yeah, yeah. And of course, that amazing shot in the trailers that was very much worth it in the film, where he's getting shot by like two different mm. guns at the same time, and the the only light source is the the gunfire, which is always fun whenever you see that in films. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I across the board for me, I think I really enjoyed the the uh, fight scenes here. I do think. I, I I still even though you know minus the murder part I do love the the warehouse fire in Batman v Superman you know minus the murder I think that's maybe still the pinnacle of just a full on Arkham style Batman fight scene mm-hmm. um, but this 
does rival it quite close. And I feel like I've always loved the Nolan trilogy, but I've never really cared much for its action sequences, at least in terms of Batman fighting these um, criminals on the street, mm-hmm. I guess. Um, yeah, so I'm thankful that I didn't kind of drop the ball in the action department just because it wasn't an action film for the most part. Um, to kind of, I guess, what else have we got in this film? Because there's a lot going on. <laughs> um, well, how do you feel about Catwoman? I thought she was handled very well. I think she's probably, yeah, she's up there with Batman as the most fleshed out character. Mm-hmm. And I yeah. think she has, she's very compelling. Yeah. It's a good agree. performance from um, Terry Kravitz. Mm-hmm. And I think she's she's tremendously well written. Um, yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. And she also works well in relation to Batman. Like you said, she questions, or at least she brings sort of Batman's morals into question. That mm-hmm. sort of more moral greyness to accompany him because just just you know, just to show up. Yeah. Just to get across Batman's morals. Um she works well in that regard. One thing I will say is that I didn't buy the romance. <laughs> I, mm, I, uh, I kind of understand. Yeah. yeah I, it, it, so when she first kissed him, it kind of comes out of nowhere. Yeah, I think um, that's the moment for me. Though. I was like, I don't know if a kiss is meant to go here. I mean, you put that kiss at the end of the film, that works much better, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, before they say goodbye to each other, I think that worked would have worked much better. Because I feel like... Before that, and I really kind of missed this in superhero films, where there's actually quite a lot of like genuine like sexual tension. Mm-hmm. And I feel like the the big moment that I really like thought was just hilarious and just really quite fun to do in a Batman film was um, when they're in the crime scene and a character, the police officer walks in and they're fighting and they have to like hide behind a wall. Mm-hmm. And the way that that Batman's kind of like restraining her and all that, and I thought like the camera just kind of lingers on it for like. I think they're both enjoying this. <laughs> I like that. That's kind of the the kind of the first moment of like they probably like each other. Um, and I also, you know, similar to Alfred and Batman's kind of kind of a co-worker sort of thing. I love that the way that they co-work together as well mm-hmm. um, with the what do you call it, the contact lens thing. Yeah. Um, Again, I also, I, I, that is sort of slightly random, but that is a detail I really enjoyed. Yeah, I was going to, yeah, I was going to say, I was just realised that that's one of the big things I loved about the film, that mm. contact lens thing. Because I feel like as well, not only is it a great idea and it kind of is an adaptation of the d- detective vision from the Arkham games, but mm. also kind ah, of... Ah, yeah. Yeah, like, I, but I also kind of enjoy it as this idea that no matter what Bruce Wayne does as Batman, he can't, he literally can't forget a thing he does. Like, there's a scene when you, I think one of the first times you see the, the, the eye contact thing in use, when he's looking back on a recording, the first thing you see isn't some sort of detective, you know, a clue to the mystery. It's him, his perspective on him strangling that guy of the electric thing. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, you can't unsee that ever again because it's, it's recorded forever. Mm-hmm. And I quite enjoyed the idea that he's torturing himself with these memories at the same time, like li- literally doing that with technology. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that idea. Um, but yeah, Catwoman, I thought, was really well handled. And I love that, again, similar to anything else I've kind of been saying about the villains, I just love that she just exists. It's really hard to say, like, put it into words, but, like, the idea that she just 
existed before Batman, before this film started, and mm-hmm. she will exist long after. And yeah. if we see her again, we see her again. There might be a TV show or whatever, and that's very fun, and I hope it's good. Um, and I feel like that she had a very strong arc here and a very kind of performance that I feel like, I I think, I don't want to say it yet, because I feel like I'm very sure about Barbara Pattinson's Batman being my favourite Batman, but with her Catwoman, I I'm pretty sure she might be my favorite live action Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, I have loved um, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's uh, yeah. Batman Returns, and I even uh, like uh, Anne Hathaway's uh, Dark Knight Rises mm-hmm. uh, Catwoman as well. But uh, something about this one felt more personally, personally motivated throughout the entire film, and also something about performance and her cat suit and her abilities kind of just really harken back to my idea of that character and I feel like I keep on saying it but I feel like my idea of Batman now that I think about it, really is just the Arkham games because <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like this film nailed that kind of tone in some ways um, I think that will be the case for a lot of people as well because it's like especially sort of our generation maybe a bit older and a bit younger mm-hmm. like we're in that territory of that's kind of been the big Batman thing yeah yeah, it's definitely been. I would say it's probably been the most Batman thing, if that makes sense. Because mm. the Nolan trilogy and even the Snyder kind of Batman version, they feel kind of like very distinct. And I'm very thankful that they are. They feel very distinct, mm-hmm. their ideas of Batman. But the Arkham games have this sort of animated series extension sort of element to it. Mm. I, I think, yeah, there's also sort of a part. Sorry, what were you going to say? <laughs> It just yeah, I just feel like it's an extension of that sort of universe, and I feel like that, in some ways, is for a lot of people just the the ideal amalgamation of just Batman being Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and and as well, I think they have sort of the benefit of, um, and this, I, I suppose this is this probably sounds a little bit unfair on the the game developers, which I, I don't intend it to be at all. Mm-hmm. But so when you have a film that's made by Christopher Nolan or Zack Snyder. Uh-huh. It sort of partly conforms to the idea that it's Batman, but it's also Christopher Nolan's vision. Or it's yeah. Batman, but it's also Zack Snyder's vision. Whereas with sort of the Arkham games, because there's probably a lot more people working in very high-profile creative roles, I, I'm just sort of waffling there because I don't really know how the games industry works. <laughs> but there's sort of less influence of one creator on it. Yeah. Like it feels like it can fully occupy the space as Batman. Yeah. Um, which again, I, I I do think this film does manage to also do. Like it's definitely Matt Reeves's take, but it feels it feels a lot more intensely Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if that makes any sense to people. I do. I do know what you mean. I think. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't. Yeah, it's very, very difficult to put because mm. the bat suit and Gotham and all that is very much a Matt Reeves invention and. Mm-hmm. The tone and the detective idea is, it just feels like a Matt Reeves like idea from the get go. But I feel like he's been inspired by so much comic books and mm. previous films that, and I feel like as well, I feel like it's been a joy to hear a director or write, the writers and the actors talk about Batman and the comics and not just talk about The Dark Knight Returns. Mm, yeah. um, because it's a great comic book and you know I, long halloween as well that's a common one everyone talks about and i feel but 
it was lovely to hear them talk about Batman comics and then go, oh, Batman, you know, Ego or Batman New, New 52 and all that sort of thing. And kind of talk about all the different things that they pulled from that aren't just the the, uh, the obvious classics in some ways. Um, which yeah. uh, Zack Snyder, I think in particular, just kind of really loved this one comic <laughs> and just kind of went for it, really. Um, and I feel like this one is, in some ways, that can really lead to a very kind of kind of just murky sort of it's a sort of amalgamation of ideas but i feel like matt reeves pulled very smartly from these different these different comic book runs um and i feel like it's it worked out quite well because it has this element of it's matt reeves but it's also a lot of batman that you know <laughs> previously mm-hmm. yeah. um and as well i kind of just want to talk about briefly kind of um did, it, it occurred to me I think when he was driving into the back cave, um, I had this moment of like chills and like, oh my god, it's the back cave, it's, it's a new back cave, it's a new Batman, and all yeah. this. And it really just occurred to me that I haven't really seen in live action on in a cinema a new version of Batman in a Batman film since 2012, and that was the ending of a trilogy. And even though we had Ben Affleck, he's his sort of Batman wasn't a Batman film and it wasn't mm. it, it was about him but not about him him for the entire thing um yeah and I really just I didn't know how much I, I missed having a definitive Batman going on at, in my time like in like happening at the moment if that makes sense like I mm-hmm. and I am yeah, very thankful that this Robert Patterson is this Batman and Matt Reese is as what I can tell is dedicated to just expanding upon this world as long as he can do because um, it just had that did you have that kind of a similar thing of like oh it's been a while since we had like a Batman movie <laughs> yeah it was it felt it felt kind of strange <laughs> kind of yeah because you're right in the, the Zack Snyder version and the Ben Affleck version they were very much sort of inserted into someone else's world it felt like yeah like it, it was Man of Steel first, and then Batman v Superman second. Mm-hmm. Um, however, for the first time, like seeing the Batcave for the first time, <laughs> I, like, it's been a while since we've had a, a Batman solo film. But since we've actually first time seen the Batcave, it's been what 2006 was Batman Begins, was it? 2005, I think. 2005. Yeah. It's been so what? It's been 17 years since. <laughs> We first saw a Batcave. Yeah, and it was brand new, and it was, you know, it's all very exciting. <laughs> all mm, yeah, um, yeah, and so I, I think it was, it was, it was really, it's really exciting moment. It, it sounds like a little tiny detail, but it is it's just sort of getting to know this environment again, getting to know this character, of course, but mm. getting to know the little details around them, getting to know Gotham. I kind of had a similar experience where. At the start, there's like a shot of sort of the Gotham version of Times Square mm, yeah. with all the screens. Yeah. And I, I kind of got like, a, oh, it's a Gotham. It's a new <laughs> Gotham. <laughs> doing a Gotham. <laughs> yeah. Um, and see, so, yeah, it was a similar thing with the with the Batcave where it's sort of, oh, this is interesting. This is new. I love the Batcave. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I, well, underworld, under, under sort of underground subway kind of old train station vibe yeah i i what i what i really enjoyed actually about the whole um 
Bruce Wayne, uh, his, I guess, manner, but I guess it's also a skyscraper sort of thing. Um, I love that this version wasn't uh, this big mansion on top of a hill in mm-hmm. the field. I, I've usually I enjoy that idea, but there was something quite. I really love the idea that his mansion was just kind of built into the top of a skyscraper, mm. and that the skyscraper had the the structure of the Batman cowl. <laughs> in a way, I really enjoyed that. And it's the kind yeah. of thing when when the people of Gotham actually figure out who it is, they're going to look at that skyscraper and think, "Of course." Yeah, they're going to feel like idiots. <laughs> yeah, and I well, I think the Batcave in particular. I've, I was kind of always disappointed by the the previous uh, uh, Ben Affleck one. Um, I didn't think it was bad or anything. I just felt it was a bit too small and a kind of it was only kind of this one kind of compartment really. Um, and I feel like this film really nailed that kind of that feeling of space and this kind of old architecture which kind of built things on top of it. Um, because I've always loved the the Batcave in the Dawn trilogy, um, but I feel like this one kind of has this extra element of it's just all this old desolate place that no one's been to in so long, mm-hmm. but we've kind of just built a, built on top of it these different kind of structures and computers yeah. and all this sort of thing. Um, and you know, I have I also quite enjoy actually this the Joel Schumacher Batcave. Um, I feel like that's one of the few ones that kind of went. We're going to show you every part of it, and it's going to be very definitive. Um, Tim Burns was kind of ordered it, yeah, for me, because it's just kind of vague. <laughs> it's so vague. <laughs> like, what is the back here? It's just, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, but yeah, this one I really enjoyed. And I feel like, I not only that, but I loved the the look of the mansion that is actually inside of at the top of the skyscraper. Yeah, it's really it's sort of really stylized. Yeah, it's. It is like Dracula's castle. <laughs> it's fully like a vampire sort of thing, and it's um, it's made out of entirely like this really old wood, and it's all spikes for some reason. Um, mm-hmm. And also, when we get to that scene later on, where he kind of pushes pushes the um, the table across the room, yeah. and does this whole like his little detective map thing. And it's just one of those things where it's it's one of those kind of tropes where. A character does that, and they pl- they put the entire mystery on the floor or on a wall, and it doesn't really make sense because it doesn't really solve anything. But it just looks cool, and it's just again like it, it just it's one of those moments where it was like this is Batman, like this is my Batman. I'm like he's just crazy, like, he's he's just insane, and he's just trying his best, and he has no idea what he's doing, um, and he just you know, I just love the idea of him. He's just barely keeping it, keeping it together, and. He's just, and also he has that room, uh, his parents' bedroom, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And I love that the fact that it had like a chain just wrapped across the door like ten times. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed that. Um, this, I mean, there's a lot to talk about, I guess, with this the design of this city, really. Mm. This because everything is sort of so well designed, I would say. Um, Definitely. Yeah. Did you feel that this is? Were you very happy with Gotham in this in this film? Because for me, I instantly was so happy to be in a Gotham where I was like, "This is Gotham, not just Chicago." Yeah, yeah it was. It was definitively Gotham. I think they used just enough of like sort of real world locations. Like they used a lot of at least Liverpool and was it Glasgow? I think as well. 
Yeah. Uh, I thought they used it well. It didn't, like you say, it didn't feel like another city. It felt like Gotham. Mm-hmm. Um, I think personally, one of the things I wish they'd maybe done more is to share it in more daylight. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because otherwise the film was either entirely at night or <laughs> the early hours of the morning, which is probably one of my major complaints of the film that it was just that and it became a little bit overwhelming and a little bit <laughs> samey after a while. But mm-hmm. The creation of actual Gotham was brilliant. I think the, the stylized, like I said, that sort of first time you see it openly with the big screens, where it's sort of this is sort of a classical gothic Gotham. Yeah. But also with sort of this prosthetic technology thrown in there mm-hmm. uh, that didn't just, and I, 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 I mean this in like a good way, but it just didn't feel seamless. Mm-hmm. And I think that's something I've always wanted from a Gotham that feels a bit has that gothic atmospheric style but also just feels a bit haphazard <laughs> yeah. a bit rough around the edges yeah i mean i totally know because i think mm. it was kind of a genius idea to also put in the plot but also in design of the city where the iceberg lounge by the way that okay whenever batman said the words iceberg lounge out loud <laughs> that was the best thing in the world like, i've <laughs> dreamt of that happening in a film um mm. but but um yeah, having the, the Iceberg Lounge be kind of this weird kind of, you can barely see it kind of sort of club yeah. um, that people go to. And then to have the Riddler's Hotel be next to it and also a train and also these other things like opposite of it. And this car park where the guy gets a bomb put to his head. <laughs> like there's all these elements to it where it's just like it's so cramped and claustrophobic where... I believe that the hotel would be next to the iceberg lounge. Like, I feel like if you put that plot element into um, mm-hmm. uh, the Dark Knight, for example, where we're pretty much in Chicago, it would have been a bit like, oh, so the villain's lair was in the hotel next to the villain's lair. <laughs> All right, I guess. <laughs> but in this in this Gotham, and that in particular that Times Square sort of area where it's just screens on top of screen on top of screens and it makes no sense it's just cramped and it's just all put together into one just sort of mm-hmm. ah this will work out I guess people love this in cities right screens <laughs> um I just it just makes sense to me that everything would be so claustrophobic in this film um there's not really an element in this film or even a scene where I felt like I wasn't kind of being squeeze into the film if that makes sense like it all whether the film is having that very shallow depth of field in certain scenes or it's kind of using frames within frames where the doors or whatever kind of make Mm -hmm. darkness kind of cover the edge of the screen like it's never there's very rarely a wide shot i think um the only time the film opens up a bit is near the end of the whole kind of the water uh the flood in that sort of like all the headshots that happen <clears throat> and that's kind of symbolic, I guess, of the way that Batman is kind of out in the light for once and is kind of becoming a hero and dealing with these bigger than bigger than life sort of situations then rather than just the serial killer on loose. Um mm-hmm. and I guess that's a good point, actually. We haven't really talked about the the climax of this film being a big flood. <laughs> a big flood. Yeah. It kind yeah. of comes out of nowhere. <clears throat> I yeah I was I was kind of I don't know I I've seen I, people say they weren't particularly happy with the final act I have heard that and I think 
it has a lot to do with that Batman Begins sort of thing where um, the film feels so grounded and small and then to have a fear toxin train ride happen <laughs> um, kind of isn't, I don't think it ever betrays it but it does kind of come out of nowhere and I feel like that's very similar here but again similar to Batman because I feel like this is very it's a very well used situation um, I feel like it makes sense and also I love the idea that it's always raining and something's going to happen and something's going to just you know mm-hmm everything's going to go terribly at some point and it's always raining and then eventually there's a flood <laughs> like i feel like that's a there's a really cool kind of little idea thrown in there and yeah i feel like i didn't quite need it to happen but i'm glad that it did i guess mm-hmm. um because it, it creates that situation where it's batman not just fighting to you know almost kill a criminal but also to actually save some lives and mm-hmm. for the first time yeah. properly um but yeah, it was quite surprising. It was quite. Yeah, I don't know. I, in the trailers, I did see the, the big explosions, but I didn't know it was going to be the, the flood of Gotham. Did I? No. Yeah, looking <clears throat> back on the trailer, I remember like seeing it, but never crossed my mind that's what they'd do. Yeah. <laughs> and what's interesting again, because they've pulled from so many comic books, I didn't even know it existed, but this whole plotline of the flood happening because of the Riddler blowing up the seawall um, mm. is a thing in the comics, and for a while. This is run of Batman. This is a comic book run of Batman where he's in this kind of this wasteland, flooded Gotham City with a bow and arrow doing his thing. And it would <laughs> I be never su- knew that. Yeah, it would be super interesting if they go down that route even a bit in the next one. Because um, Batman in a in a flooded Gotham with a bow and arrow. Bow and arrow. Just sounds like the best. Because <laughs> mm, that that's not something that's just going to go away. <laughs> Yeah, it's it was a big water's gonna be there for a while. <clears throat> yeah, it was you know, people died. <laughs> people definitely died. Um mm. yeah. I mean, what's else to talk about? I mean there's it's so weird because there's three hour film and so much happens, but it's hard to discern topics, I guess, because there's so mm. much happening. Um I mean that we mentioned before and kind of touched on it, the, the music is yeah. oh my god, the music oh. incredible. It's godly. Yeah, it's so good. Batman, and also, Batman themes, everything. It really is, and even the 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 um the sound design is also incredible. And I feel like I've always wanted this. I didn't really know that I wanted it, but this idea of Batman before you see him, you hear him, mm. which I guess portrays the stealth ninja idea. But also, it's just really cool that everyone's looking into the shadows and you hear the boots before yeah. anything else. And it is heavy, like military boots are stomping in. Um, the real thud. Yeah, it's it has that feeling of dread to it the entire time he's on mm-hmm. screen and off screen because you have that. You can just hear him. You, you know he's somewhere <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it's yeah, it's great. And I guess you know, I how do I mean we? I think we discussed the bat suit before um, mm-hmm. the film actually came out. But how do you feel about the bat suit finally seeing it? in the entire film and used in different different situations mm-hmm. um one thing that you mentioned like the, the escape from the police station mm-hmm. it was a very unusual scene with our cape yeah, yeah that was almost almost freaky <laughs> <laughs> but the, the yeah the, the bat suit i loved it i think it's my favorite bat suit me too yeah. i loved the more armored look i know i think we said before that you the armored look wasn't necessarily your favorite mm-hmm. before now um, but I, I, I really love the armoured look. Um, 
it does make him into a bit of a tank. <laughs> I, I believe in video gaming, the, t- the term is bullet sponge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I kind of love that. It kind of added to just the, the threat of, of him and that foreboding sense of he's kind of like a unrelenting force. Yeah. Um, it really built well into that. It just looks cool. It, yeah, it really I, does. I love the fact that the little bat logo is usable. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it is his batarang. Yeah, yeah. And I love the um, shot as well when he first uses it and the frame is just his, the, the, the chest symbol without the thing inside of it. Mm-hmm. And he puts it back in, like, oh, that was the bat symbol. All right. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah, really excellent. I love, I think you mentioned it before, but that little, the little a grappling hook that's in his wrist. Mm hmm. I kind of love that scene in the club where he's gonna—he's about to use it before Penguin stops him. Yeah, and he has to like manually slide it back. <laughs> yeah, I really thought that was funny. It's like a, it's like a tiny detail, but I loved it. Yeah. Well, I think across the board, this film has—I know it's quite a dark and, like you said, it might have went too far sometimes. I do—I understand that definitely. I think, I, I think in some ways, this film can be quite funny. Mm. Um, in a very kind of it's hard to say because um i think the very popular humor of blockbusters at the moment is very much defined by marvel and mm-hmm. these kind of the jokes are kind of undercut the moments or the jokes that kind of become people doing quips which can work very well but this film had a very different sense of humor of it's kind of filled with like these really awkward moments that are i'm, I'm pretty sure are intentionally funny um there's these like these little. Like, I think is I think the most obvious joke is probably the thumb drive idea. Which yeah, really, it's a very healthy mix of just a, the the darkness of this film, but also a bit of humor. Of like, it's horrible that we're laughing about this, but it's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Mm. Um, one thing that. I, I, one thing sort of to do with the plot, I, I, I don't know if it's meant to be meant to be amusing, but it was kind of amusing. The absolute, I want to call it faff of the the rat riddle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the fact that they get it so wrong so many times. Mm-hmm. Like, but as well from the very second Alfred said his Spanish isn't very good, mm-hmm. I was I was I was immediately going to say you've done it wrong. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this doesn't strike me as a guy who's done all this planning just for his Spanish to be off. Mm-hmm. He's got Google Translate; you can do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I did find it kind of amusing that they've done gone to all this lengths to get the penguin. They've blown up a, a motorway <laughs> just for the just for the penguin to point out that Al Rata isn't actually rat or whatever it is. Yeah, and that's an. It's one of those things where it's it's funny, but also it kind of leads into the idea that this Batman is not quite Batman. Not there yet. No. And it's weird because obviously I said this before like multiple times that like, he's my favourite Batman, and I think that is still true. But I love the idea that he is he's the most detective Batman we've ever seen. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he's the world's greatest detective quite yet. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. Like he got some things wrong and mm. made some sometimes like some silly mistakes, really. Yeah. Um, and I, just, I also quite enjoyed the idea of Batman walking around with a flashlight. 
happens a few yeah. times. Like, it's just you haven't got like a a bat specific flashlight or anything like that. <laughs> At least have one attached to your belt. Yeah, I just thought that was it. Harkened back to the idea of this detective walking through a crime scene with a with a magnifying glass sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed that, and I think ooh, alongside the bat suit as well, that kind of leads into the bat suit because the bat suit is just a an amalgamation of just things he's, he's picked up. Really, um, the boots are just boots. Really, um, the cape is just heavy leather thing, and the body armor looks like just this kind of very rushed put together kind of job of this different metal plates i guess um and then the cowl which i think the cowl is by far my favorite cowl because it just looks so i think as well it gives him space to act more i think yeah. than previous batmans have because he can obviously he can move his head but also he can it sounds weird but use his full mouth i guess because before this suit every suit has had kind of a hole around the mouth and not just a cut off at the kind of the ears I guess mm-hmm. um and I feel like that's helped him out quite a lot to do a bit more acting and like I think we mentioned before his eyes for some reason his eyes really like come across very well mm-hmm. in the suit um yeah they do with the the Greg Fraser cinematography and everything and something about it is like you can so clearly see what he's feeling and thinking in that suit um mm-hmm. And that's so tough to do. And I feel like people in the past who played Batman have completely kind of sometimes fell down in that regard. Um, but I'm really thankful that he somehow, I don't know, just somehow managed to do that the entire way through. Um, and I, I, I'm wondering if we do get a sequel, how the, if the Batsu or the Batcave or whatever will change at all. Mm, yeah, that's interesting because normally they have had quite a bit of an overhaul between films. Yeah, because I think obviously most prominent of that is the Dark Knight trilogy, where in every film the Gotham goes from kind of a Gotham-esque kind of comic book design to Chicago to New York somehow, um, and then yeah, I'm not so I'm wondering if we're going to have a similar thing with this these films, and I hope I hope they keep Gotham as Gotham is, um, but I would like to see some sort of natural development of. Um, the Batcave becomes more Batcave-like, um, and the Batsuit becomes a bit more, I don't know, maybe they go through the grey and black and say, oh, just the black again. Yeah. Um, would be, I don't know, I, I kind of hope they do develop this universe along those lines at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if it became like more of a complete Batsuit, like you said, it's sort of, it's still quite put together through various means. Yeah, it's uh, just kind of... Just to see that come together. Mm-hmm. And I guess if there's, um, are we, I mean, do we know if we're getting a sequel for Definite? I think it's highly likely. Yeah, because we're getting TV shows, so I think mm-hmm. it'll be weird not to get Batman 2. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so I guess we talked about before that we would like to see Mr. Freeze. Um, but is there anything else that you would like to see in a sequel? Because I think for me it would, I would like to see the detective element to keep on going. Um, yeah. Definitely. But I would also really enjoy to see um, Borough Patterson become become more of the Batman that we know, of, like in, like more like Bruce Wayne, public Bruce Wayne inside, and then Batman, and that yeah. sort of three person thing. And I want to see him get, I want to see Robert Patterson's take get more of a grapple on being Batman in that mm. sense. 
Um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think one of the things I'd like to see is like him balance that act between being Bruce Wayne and being Batman. Yeah. Um, see him take on more of the sort of that that image of Bruce Wayne as being sort of the philanthropist kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I I, yeah, I would like to to hope that we get to see maybe more of that. Um, one thing I don't know if it's necessarily something I'd want to see for a sequel, but something I've seen people talk about is the idea of having a, a Robin. Mm, yeah. Having a, a Dick Grayson. I would quite like that actually. Hmm. I, I think I, I've I think a lot of people see how uh, say how so for the comics for a long time there is the fact that this sort of idea of a complete Batman is achieved because of robin mm-hmm. yeah like there's the aspect of the fact that obviously batman helps robin in many ways but also robin helps batman yeah it gives him more of a mellow side and that's more sympathetic edge to him mm-hmm. and i think especially knowing where this current batman's at now especially sort of seeing the trajectory he's taking by the end of the film mm-hmm. maybe a move away from the whole i am vengeance thing <laughs> yeah. to a more to a more hopeful and more inspiring idea of a sort of beacon of hope. Um, I, in line with that, I think introducing a Robin would be really interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I think. Well, if they do do the Robin thing, how? I guess which version? Because I, you'd imagine the first Dick Grayson version, but also they could just do any version they want. They could. Um, um, I think for me, um, I think. For me, my favourite Robin has always been kind of the most kind of controversial one, which is Jason Todd. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would like to see Jason Todd used with, with this Batman because I could easily see this Batman teaching that version of Robin the wrong way. Yeah. And that going sideways at some point. And then maybe there's some sort of resolution, resolution to that where they come together again. And that could make for a very interesting arc over a couple of films, maybe. Um I don't, I, it's weird because the idea of Robin has always, to me, seemed so anti-Batman, <laughs> but it's so ingrained within Batman, but it still feels odd. And I feel like the films have always really shied away from it because it has that, that oddness to it. Um, and I would, I think if any, you know, director and writer and actor was ever going to really try it, I think it would be this team. Um, mm-hmm. and I think they could nail it. Um, I because I feel like we had uh, Chris O'Donnell, I think, was in the the previous ones in uh, Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, mm-hmm. and it was one of those things where they kind of they kind of half did it. It was kind of like he's you know he's younger, but he's kind of he's just twenty years old. <laughs> um, he's in a circus, but not for very long. Don't worry about it. It's not going to be you know <laughs> not going to go too much into that. Um, uh, he's kind of this sidekick. He's a bit whiny, but don't worry, don't really care about him. It's fine. <laughs> and he's he's kind of Nightwing in Batman Robin for a bit, but not really. <laughs> it's very odd. Um, so I I really like the idea that I think if Matt Reeves if he would give the time to develop that properly. I think mm-hmm. um, I would just yeah. I feel like this it would be so interesting if we get some sort of trilogy or more more than you know we get five or six films, whatever it might be. And the first film is this film, and the last film is like a full-on Bat Family film. <laughs> yeah, Bat yeah. Omen. Like Bat Omen, we got we got 
three different Robins and we've got all this, I think that would be amazing to see um, that sort of development. And yeah, I think that that could be really interesting. Um, I kind of hope they do it now because I would, Robin's kind of got an unfair deal, I think, in live action. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That is very true. It's either people think of the Chris O'Donnell version from the Batman and Robin film, or they think of uh, Burt Reynolds. I think it's Burt Reynolds, I think. Uh, in the 1960s version. Oh, oh yeah. His name is Bert. I don't know if it's Reynolds. It's not. It's not uh, Bert. Not Reynolds. Bert. Let me have a look. Let me Google it. Adam West. Bert. Something. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1960s Batman. Um. Where's the IMDb? Bert Ward. Bert Ward, okay. That's his name. But yeah, that's of... And th- those are the... Those are the sort of the, the ideas that people most think of when they think of Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it would be great to have a Robin that... Not necessarily done properly, I suppose, that you say, but you, yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have, a, have a Robin that is... Lives up to everything that Robin promises to be. Everything, everything Robin probably should be, and again, something closer to what we have with the Arkham games, mm-hmm. because I think those games do have the Bat family in them and are well handled. Yeah, they kind even, of even if they are sort of more side aspects that come in in the later two games, they are still fun elements to them. Mm. They kind of just pop in and out of the story whenever they're needed. <laughs> yeah, and having yeah again having that the fact that going into those Arkham games, you already have you have Nightwing, you and you you've moved on to to Tim Drake as Robin. Yeah, yeah, I think, and as well, I think with this, these this sort of universe made from Matt Reeves, I think the idea of these characters kind of popping in and popping out, it could easily work out very well. Um, it just sort of makes sense, I guess, in this Gotham City to do that. Um, mm. I, yeah, I, I think for me, I think my perfect sequel, sequel to this film is a sequel in which Batman is kind of maybe over extending himself with being the symbol of hope, and is trying to do that for Jason Todd, whilst battling with Mister Freeze, and he's not kind of seeing the moral grayness of that situation maybe, and he's yeah, I would love to see him try to mentor someone at the same time as fighting Mister Freeze. Mm. And maybe going about it the wrong way until the very end. And maybe even then, he still lose, loses Jason Todd to either being supposedly dead or he goes to being the Red Hood straight away. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be quite interesting for me, I think. Yeah, forward. certainly um, would. Yeah. Do you, is that what, do you think that that would, I don't know. Well, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. I think having lots of that mentoring aspect and having what that could bring out as as this Batman's already on like a trajectory to becoming a little less savage, shall we say. <laughs> um, less less than vengeance. Yeah. And I think it would be a case of trying to find a villain that kind of fits with that. Yeah, definitely. Um obviously the top of my list for seeing a, a villain in live action would be would be Mr. Freeze, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, simply because I think it's about time we had a good version of of that story because it is it is a brilliantly written character. Yeah, definitely. 
Um, and it's kind of a shame as well. Symphony Robin, I guess, where it's kind of a shame where our only live action version is kind of bad. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is it's enjoyable enough if if you don't think it's cringy with Arnold Schwarzenegger, but yeah. the character deserves something more. Yeah, definitely. Um, I hope that you know we do get out somewhere. I did hear um, the idea of Clearface. Oh, I yeah, it was at first sounded kind of a bit too much for this universe, but then I realised if you just kind of tone it down to a guy who can change his appearance to be anyone he wants to be, I kind of have him be a murder mystery sort of um, uh, villain. Mm-hmm. Having a murder mystery villain who could be anyone, I, that that could be a thing down the line. That could actually work. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I hope, you know, I just, I keep on kind of hoping that if we do get Mr. Freeze, it's not just... Mr. Freeze is robbing a bank. It's more like he's murdered someone from his past, and there's a mystery around why is he encased in ice <laughs> and all that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that would be. I want to keep. I want to keep this Detective Batman going for as long as we can. Yeah. Um, and not just move away from it straight away to uh, an action ninja Batman <laughs> again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to add to this? I know. I think that's a, a pretty sort of comprehensive overview that we've done there. Right. <laughs> um, we've covered the future. We've covered the music. We've covered the visuals. We've covered the story. We've covered the writing. We've covered the acting. We've covered Matt Reeves. We've covered the actors. For the bat suit. <laughs> we've covered the bat suit. We've covered the bat cave. We've covered Gotham. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think... think there is. Yeah, I think we're. I think that's about it. I feel like, you know, probably have we have probably have more thoughts in our mind, but not, you know, it's a three-hour film. A lot happens, and there's a lot of thoughts going on. <laughs> yeah, there will be. There will be. Yeah. And, you know, when I come back in a year, and I might hate it, and you might love it even more. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. That's true. You never know. Yeah, never know. Um, but at this moment in time, I, I really love this film a lot. I... I can't wait to see it again because I probably I think this is a film that will benefit from multiple viewings. Yeah. Um, I yeah I loved it a lot. Um, I, f- I really rec- I recommend it definitely to anyone who's even vaguely interested. Um, mm. It's it was very nice as well to be in a cinema that was full because the yeah a three hour film can be quite daunting and I've been in cinemas for films that I thought were going to be really popular that just no one was in. So it was it was nice to be there with full audience and they all, from what I could sense, kind of had a very similar experience to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I I always just love the idea of a new version of the character and having people watch it and for them it's going to be their version of the character for like their idea of the character forever. Yeah. Um, and it's quite a special experience to have that, I guess, again, with the Batman. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Um, should I wrap it up? Yeah, you can wrap it up, yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, so, yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed. Um, just want to say, again, that you have an Instagram account at Marvelous Cinema Podcast and a Twitter account at Cinema Marvelous. Uh, we do reviews and top fives for that and obviously a podcast once a week. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this one. I hope you can share it, leave a review or a comment or like our posts. It's very much appreciated because it, you know, it's very much fun to interact with everyone. And also algorithms, you know, they they like it when you interact and make us more popular. I guess. <laughs> that would be nice. Algorithms. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just want to say thank you for that. And 
yeah, I hope you enjoyed this one and thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you very much for listening. Bye.